Hi! We just launched a new Discord server for Terror Tracks. Join us now at terrortracks.com slash discord. Hope to see you there soon. Enjoy the show. Why do you seem so scared? All I wanted to do was play with you. Welcome to Terror Tracks. Hosted by best-selling horror author Jack Pierce. We post new episodes every Friday night at 9pm EST. Go to terrortracks.com slash shop to support the show. If you enjoy this episode please hit the like button and share it on social media. Now here's your host, Jack Pierce. Welcome back everyone to Terror Tracks. Episode, I think 22, but we'll see where this lands. Just a quick note before we start. I have a new Twitter. Follow me at Terror Tracks on Twitter. That's Terror underscore Tracks, T-R-A-X. And you can also read any of my books right now on Kindle Unlimited. And that is actually the topic we're going to be talking about. Not today and not next week, but the week after. Because I think that we should talk about these two topics since school is back in session. And I should have got to these earlier. I'm so sorry, but we're going to try to get to these now because there are still people that might be going to school in the spring for college anyway. But this is going to be a two-parter. Part one is today and part two is next week. This week, I want to talk about how high school is ultimately pointless and it is not going to help you really at all in life and this one's for the kids because i've been looking at my demographics and it turns out that around 60 percent or even more of my audience are actually under 18 and i believe the split was 85 percent male 15 percent female right now which is kind of shocking to me because I was figuring a show that was all about, you know, writing horror and stuff like that would probably be people that are like 25 to 35 or something, which I think that's like my lowest demographic or people in their forties. But apparently the kids listen to the show. So hello children. <laughs> no, you're not going to get that reference, but, um, yeah, so I'm fine with that. And I want to aim this episode towards the children. You can still listen if you want, of course, parents, cause I, I think you should hear this too, obviously. So high school, ultimately pointless. I got in an argument last night, which you can see on my Twitter, where I was arguing with this high school teacher on Reddit. And I think the thread was on the r slash teachers subreddit. And they were basically saying, teachers aren't paid enough for what we put up with and all of this other stuff. And I put a reply basically saying, suck it up and get over it. You brought this on yourself because they did. And I had this one guy that just had to speak up from the choir and he wanted to challenge me as some dirty, evil troll. It was so stupid. And I was making these arguments that were 100% factual. It wasn't me, you know, just calling him dumb, but you know, that's what he did. He called me dumb a bunch of times and said, I had a weak mind. And my favorite particular quote from this argument was where he said, and I will pull it up right now so you can hear the exact quote. So he said, quote, your teachers really did fail you. You're missing my point completely. Just because I knew going in what teachers earn does not make it acceptable. A weak argument from a weak mind. And I said back to him, and I said, says the one who makes $30,000 a year with $150,000 in debt from going to a college and not taking up a higher paying profession who now has to bitch at me 
the guy who went to school for tech and makes three times what you make in a year and i work one one hundredth as hard as you do lol teachers who i know probably hate this show to me are entitled lazy whiny pretentious a-holes i don't want to swear on this show because i was thinking of all these different words i could use but i'm like nah nah don't don't say it people still listen at work but that's what they are you know they're whiny they're pretentious they think they're worth a lot more than they're actually worth that same guy later in that argument after i called him a overpaid babysitter ended up telling me that the government should pay him half a million dollars a year through some screwed up logic of if he was a babysitter that he would get x amount per kid and on and on it was so stupid and he was serious he thought that teachers should make half a million bucks a year to do what they do now i want to tell you why teachers are worthless and i'm not even going to quote my own reddit thing because it will take me all day trying to read it because i'm terrible at reading out loud i'm a lot better you know going off the cuff scripts are not my friend at all teachers have this saying that they really hate and that is those who can't comma teach period the reason i even said the punctuation there is because when you say you know those who can't teach it's kind of hard to follow what i just said it basically means that people who failed in a profession they failed in their field become teachers so they can teach you how to do it from those who have done well in that field none of your teachers wrote the textbook i did but that's why i don't really like calling myself a teacher I'd rather call myself a trainer, a mentor, anything that's not teacher, because when I tell you how to do things and, you know, just give you my perspective on things, this is coming from someone that has actually made it in the industry that I'm trying to teach you about. Teachers haven't. They make 30 grand a year for a reason, because their entire life is based around teaching you someone else's work, not their own. They've created nothing. Teachers are interchangeable. They're a dime a dozen. And any teacher that tries to tell you, oh, uh, it's a noble profession, and how dare you insult our intellectual blah, 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 I don't care. I don't care. You're all a bunch of hot windbags. You have always been hot windbags. You are never going to, you never amounted to anything. That's why you work in some redneck school, making 30 grand a year to go and bully students. You know how much I hate teachers, right? It's just, I have this like uh, irrational, not even irrational. I just have this overwhelming hatred of teachers in general because they are just so entitled and so full of it. that It just, it blows my mind that these people can put their pants on in the morning. Anyway, what does this have to do with high school being pointless? No employer cares about your high school grades. No employer cares about anything you did in high school. There is no permanent record unless I guess you're going to try to work for the FBI or something. Cause I guess maybe they would dig something like that up if even if it even exists, but there is no permanent record. You got suspended from school a few times. Nobody cares. Nobody in the real world cares at all. Nobody, because the only thing these employers care about period is you got a high school diploma. They don't care how you got it or what your GPA was or what clubs you were a part of. If you were the captain of the football team, they don't care. Do you know who cares about that? Colleges. And honestly, the way they are now, they're worthless too. And we'll talk about that in the next podcast because I'll tell you exactly why colleges are completely pointless for anything except like medical and science and stuff like that. Pretty much any arts degree is more or less $100,000 toilet paper is what it really is. So why is high school ultimately pointless? Because after high school, and I hated high school, and I got thrown out of high school so many times as a kid, 
I mean, I was suspended. I spent most of my time in detention. If you read K is away, you'll see that I was in detention a lot. And it was a lot of the time me just retaliating against bullies and stuff like that. And, you know, if you go back and watch my one, I think it was called Abolish High Schools or something like that. It was one that was about four or five weeks ago, I'm sure. You'll see it on the list. I was in there a lot because of bullying. And I think that I learned a lot more by getting books from the library and reading when I was in detention, or ISS as they called it, in school suspension, than I did from actual teachers. And I hated school. I hated school. I hated class. I hated the students. I hated the faculty. I hated every second I was there. I was literally at the point where if I had a shotgun, I would have put it in my mouth and pulled the trigger at some point. I hated school that much. There's not a person on earth who hated high school, middle school, elementary school more than me. There can't be. And I thank God we don't have guns in the house because I'm sure that I would be dead by now if we did. You know, when I was in school, I mean. Because high school is miserable. High school is miserable. It is just nothing but drama and just adolescent rage and bullying and, you know, overpaid faculty who think they're God's gift to the world for whatever reason. They're such martyrs. You know, they put themselves on a cross saying, oh, well, you know, we take 30 grand a year, but we are teaching the minds of the future. Guess what? When I was in high school, not high school, when I was in college after high school, obviously i was in a math class i don't know if it was my first or second year in college but i had to take this math class because i sucked at math this math class had me at 18 or 19 and they had people all the way up to like their 70s in this math class because college doesn't have like you know age limits and all of that we learned how to read decimal points as in one tenth one hundredth one thousandth all that we learned how to write a check in college I know you're probably stunned hearing that, but we did. Why? Because college has to appeal to people who haven't been in college for the last 30 years. See, high school is in the now. They just teach you nothing that's completely worthless, and they even know that you forget it immediately after, because as soon as you go to college, it's almost like starting elementary school or middle school all over again, your first year of college, I think, unless you know you're a genius at math and you know tested out of that sort of thing. But when I went through... Most of the classes I took were completely worthless in college and elementary because, you know, high school didn't do good enough of a job to transfer that knowledge to outside of high school. So you're going to learn all the same things again anyway. So nobody cares about what happened in your high school as long as you didn't shoot the place up or get arrested. Nobody cares. In the real world, everyone hated high school. And if they didn't hate high school, they were probably the bullies or they were lucky or I don't know but almost everyone I know hated high school. And what I want you to do is calm down. I know it's rough. I know it's terrible because in my opinion, high school is basically the equivalent of jail. And me and my dad were actually talking about this last night about how it made no sense for kids to be going to high school until they were 18, you know, in my mind, because I think that Honestly, school is pointless after you learn how to read and write, because at that point, once you know how to read and write and, you know, I guess basically do math, I don't even think math really matters either because you have calculators on your phone. Read and write. Those are the only two things in the entire public school system that matter. Reading, writing, learn how to count. That's it. Three things. Three things. You learn them all in the first year or two. The rest of your public education career, if you call it that is babysitting it is giving you a place where you have to go 
until you're 18 where then you're shoved out into the real world with no real skills because more or less they made it where unless you're 18 you have restrictions on what kind of work you can do you know how many hours you can work and all of that but when you're 18 is unrestricted at that point you can join the army you can vote you can work anywhere you want you know any hours that they want to work you they can do it so high school and all of that is more or less filler trying to keep you there until you're 18 so you just don't drift around i guess i don't know nobody needs 12 years of history no one needs 12 years of english literature class if you want to read a book go pick up a book there's no one stopping you from going to your public library and picking up a book don't look for my books there because they're not in libraries yet you have to get them on amazon i don't see how knowing the plot and the summary and the meaning of moby dick is going to help you get a job at mcdonald's it's not no one cares no one cares high school diploma that's all that matters at this point i think even a ged is probably good enough but i would stick it out for your diploma i know it's pointless i know it's stupid i know it's ultimately annoying but i'm going to tell you something for all you people that are bullied out there because i was bullied too and i heard this when i was a kid and i didn't listen but it's true and you should listen now most of your bullies that you deal with that are torturing you on a daily basis the ones that the teachers don't care about they turn a blind eye to because they don't want to be called racist or sexist or whatever instant isms because i know it's all online now so a lot of the teachers don't see it but back when i was a kid it was more physical and you know in person there was no facebook there was no twitter i'm old i'm sorry i'm 32 i'm old i'm probably twice as old as most of you those same people that torment and ostracize which means exclude from the group and pick on those same people they are the ones that almost always turn out the worst once they hit the real world they're the ones that become usually drug dealers or working at some place that makes 725 an hour because they never got any further in life they just you know kind of got stuck in a minimum wage job or they're in jail they join the military and just get chewed up and spit out by that life and come out mentally ill and handicapped usually the people that are bullies that torment you now will get a huge amount of torment later in life because it's true karma does come back to bite you what goes around comes around i'm not saying that all minimum wage workers are failed adults or anything that's not what i mean by that but that's the best that those people will ever do i had a bully back in high school he didn't bully me but he was this racist guy that was actually a drug addict or a druggie or whatever you want to call him a junkie in a way not quite a junkie but anyway you get the point he was a bad guy and he mercilessly bullied this black gay guy named Koran, just like the muslim book i don't know if he was muslim or not but his name was Koran, and he bullied this guy mercilessly he called him the n-word he called him all sorts of things you know he beat him up he did all sorts of stuff and the faculty of course did nothing about it his mother actually ended up being a owner of some fast food chain a couple towns over that serves crappy food and makes basically no money see how she turned out she's not moving mountains is she and her son the bully guess where he is and i find the statement incredibly ironic because he told me when he was in high school the same age as me that he was going to go to school to become a pharmacist so he could get free drugs he would steal drugs out of the back to get high from or to sell on the street his name was bob well robert really but robert is what we'll call him because bob is such an ugly name robert's dead and he died about a month or two ago and he would have been 32 when he died of an overdose 
he overdosed on some drug. I don't know which one it was. It could have been pills. It could have been coke. It could have been anything, but he's dead. He became a junkie and he died. I had bullies back in school. I can't even remember their names because that's one thing that I really want to point out to you is I know it's hard in the moment, but if an event or a person is not going to matter in five years, you should let it go the best you can. I know it's hard. I know that I talk about Kay and she probably won't matter at all in five years, but she has some educational value to her is why I bring her up. Plus it's a book. Most of my bullies are in jail for what assault, drug dealing, murder. That's what they did. That was their fate. That was their life. They tormented me. They tortured me. They tortured other people. They're bad people. So when they left high school, they were bad people still. And they continue to be bad people in the real world where there are real world consequences. I feel like a lot of people when they're in high school and college, they feel that there really is no consequence because, you know, when I was growing up, if you got in a fight in school, no one got arrested. You know, you got suspended and that was it. But if you do that out in the streets, you know, outside of school, you'll get arrested and go to jail. But in my senior year, I think they made it basically if you did get in a fight, they would arrest you and take you to jail. It got that serious. They ended up having to have a cop up there at all times because of Columbine happening. Well, actually, maybe it wasn't Columbine. It was Virginia Tech. I can't remember when Virginia Tech happened. And I just looked it up. It must have been Virginia Tech because it happened April 16, 20, uh, 2007. Sorry. And it was at the very end of my high school career. I don't know if you call it a career. Whatever you call it. Education. Once someone knows how to read and write and how to count... The only other thing that they need to learn from school that's even remotely useful is how to drive. And you could learn that from your parents or other people or just reading a book because, you know, you have to read the book and take the test to get the driver's license at the DMV. Ultimately, everything you will learn in high school is pointless. It's worthless. It's garbage. It's filler. It means nothing. For you people that are worried, oh, if I don't learn all this stuff, you know, college is so hard and I'm just going to be screwed if I don't get good grades and I don't, you know, learn all this stuff and soak it up like a sponge. No, back up, back up, calm down. Nobody remembers anything going into college because like I said, college has to pander to the people who have not been in school for 30 to 40 years because you're going to be going to school with people that may be in their 50s or 60s. Your grandparents may be taking night classes for whatever reason. I don't know why they would want to do it in their 50s or 60s, but maybe they do. And whatever their reason is, that's what they want to do. So it can't be harder than high school because how would anyone survive in that climate? And college is ultimately pointless too, you know, in a lot of ways. But we'll get into that in the next episode. I guess we're still doing Ghostwriter now. So we will get into that in a moment. But I just want to close this with stop being so hard on yourself. Stop putting so much pressure on yourself about your grades or about the bullies or whatever. Because a phrase that I heard from a friend that I worked with in my late 20s, he used to always say it all comes out in the wash. You know, it's a big mess. Your life's a big mess, but it all comes out in the wash. And what that means is think about like a big pile of dirty clothes, just a mess. And they're just all over the floor. And it's just big mess. You throw them all in the washing machine, you wash it, you dry it. It all comes out in the wash clean and perfect. That's what it means. That eventually, if you stay on the right path and you push through and do what you got to do to graduate, to become a better person, to become the man or woman you should be, it'll come out in the wash and you'll do great. Because the only people that end up with horrible lives are bad people and those who just didn't try, I guess. There's nothing wrong with failure as long as you keep trying after. 
And no, I don't mean chasing a woman. If she says no, that means no. But I'm talking about career, goals. You want to be a rock star? Go out there and play as many concerts as you want. And if you failed, at least you tried. You didn't fail at all, honestly, because you went out there, you put yourself out there, you did the best you could, and it didn't work out. That's not failure to me. Failure to me is not trying at all and just sitting there and whining about it. Whining about, why is my life so hard? Why do I can't get this girl? Why can't I do this, that, and that? When you didn't go out there and try to get the job or the gig or the girl or whatever, you just sit there and you whine about it and don't even try to fix it. You have to go out there and grab it. You can't wait for stuff to come along to you. I had one guy that I worked with at a grocery store, and this is why I still respect minimum wage workers. For the most part he was this great guy and his name was thomas big burly guy you know big burly strong really highly intelligent guy and he was in the military and did well i don't know what rank he came out as but he was a great guy i still think he's a very good man and he loved james bond and his favorite movie was thunderball which i thought was a little bit wacky because thunderball sucks but he told me one piece of advice that I think is the greatest, most simple, straightforward advice that any human being could give you. If you don't like your life, change it. That's it. Whatever point in life you are, if you don't like your life, your girlfriend, your job, where you live, your life in general, if you don't like it, change it. There's nothing stopping you from changing it. There just isn't. You have to try. There is no failure in trying. There's only failure when you never try at all. Okay, get a little deep and sentimental here. Not trying to do that to you. So you'll do great. I tell you that almost every week, don't I? That you'll do great. You'll get out there. You're going to just do great in life, I hope. And, you know, maybe you'll become a bestseller. Maybe you'll become the best at whatever your, you know, career is going to be. And I told my nephew, and I'm going to end with this because I know I'm rambling. And I don't know if people like this segment more than the other two that are more entertainment based, but. My nephew who's 10, he's growing up in a pretty rough household. You know, his mom is crazy and she's dating this guy that's just a pothead and lazy and he has two kids and, you know, they're just a massive pain in the butt and all of that. And he has a pretty miserable life, you know, and he just has no real good male figures, including me, because I've neglected him for most of his life, which that's my fault. And I think a lot of that is because my uncle neglected me. He didn't really pay me much mind, so I guess it kind of rubbed off on me. Plus, there's just a lot of other reasons, but we're not going to get into that. I sat down and told him once, because Dad asked me to talk to him, because he was going through some stuff. And we were in my car, and I was taking him back to his mama. And on that 10-minute trip, I stopped the radio, and I said to him, I want you to take your mother and her boyfriend and your father it's examples of what not to be. I want you to find something that you love, that you enjoy, that makes you happy, and put your face to the grindstone about that and just grind on it. I want you to not look at these people who all turned out as failures and for you to put your face to that grindstone and become the best there is at it, whether it's guitar or writing or your favorite video game because you can become a speed runner or whatever and make lots of money for charity or whatever. I want you to figure out that one thing that makes you happy and become the best you can possibly be at it. Take what these people do in front of you as an example of what not to do. Don't smoke pot, don't drink. Don't get with people that you shouldn't get with. Don't have children out of wedlock or 
you know with the woman that's not suitable just take everything that they do and try to do the opposite because they flush their lives down the toilet but you don't you know i'm 22 years older than you and even i feel like i'm a failure even though i'm a best-selling author and all that sometimes i do feel like a failure but i told him you just got all these years ahead of you man you just gotta pick something you love and become the best at it and you know that's a lot better than anything your mama or your dad or even me and your grandfather have done you know because you know we wasted a lot of years just fooling around i guess so hopefully he takes that advice you know he's a smart kid he'll do great as long as he doesn't fall into the trap like his mama and end up like him and his daddy i hope but i present the same thing to you instead of worrying about the social situation i know i'm getting really long but instead of worrying about the social situation you know of i don't have this girlfriend or this group of people doesn't like me in high school or you know i'm getting bullied on a daily basis and the faculty won't do nothing that one you should care about because that's that's illegal and that's messed up because that's what i dealt with and that's why i hate teachers is because they act so high and mighty but then they we're not going to get into another 40 minute rant like i did that one time the point is these people don't matter as soon as high school is over they're gone they will disappear from your life entirely forever and ever and ever these people have an expiration date on them not death obviously well they do have that too but the bully that you've put up with the girl that shut you down the boy that shut you down since i have females too listening even if they don't turn out horribly later in life which most of them will if they were mean to you they're probably mean to others even if they turn out okay in life most likely you won't see it that's why you have all these you know 20 year class reunions and everyone gets together and it's like oh what have you been doing for the last 20 years because nobody keeps up with each other after high school you might still have your little pack of friends i'm not saying that your best friend is gonna just you know disappear and you'll never talk to him again i'm not saying that but all the auxiliary people the bullies the teachers the faculty the people that ostracize you the preps the jocks all of that just disappears just in an instant just gone they're gone and a snap of light these people go to college they go get a job they move away they get married they have kids whatever they're gone they are gone and they don't matter anymore and they don't matter now and i know that that's the hardest part of school is the social thing is you know being ostracized being bullied being treated like crap by people around you they don't matter high school is just like this microcosm that's a big word i know i don't mean to use ten dollar words but that's the best way to put it it is a microcosm it's a universe unto itself that once you leave it it remains but you escape those teachers and faculty most likely are going to be there for the rest of their lives miserable making nothing you know treating the next batch of students like crap with the same drama that happens because you know my dad had the exact same experience as I did, and he is exactly 30 years older than I am. He had me when he was 30. I'm 20. I'm 32 now, not 22. I wish I was 22. No, I don't want to go back to that age. And the final thing I want to say before we go into whatever story we're going to play, because I don't know if Ghost Rider's finished or not. I probably isn't. Anyone that tells you that the real world is this big, scary place that, you know, you get out there and if you're not prepared, you're screwed and you're going to die. You're going to end up working at McDonald's for the rest of your life. If you don't do X, Y, Z, that's, that's all BS. Don't listen to that. That is not true at all. And we'll go into why that's not true next week. But your job right now is to survive high school, get your diploma, leave and forget it ever happened. That's all you got to do. And then we'll worry about that 
next week of what comes after high school because the real world is so much better than high school my god is you couldn't pay me 10 million dollars to go through one more year of high school you couldn't I, I would not be able to do it i would end up just mauling somebody on like the first week probably and go to jail i would not be able to handle it again i still have dreams sometimes about just going back to my high school and just <laughs> pimp slapping a few of the teachers that just treated me so horribly back then just you know going up and saying hi i'm a best-selling author and i'm xyz and look at you what the what the f have you done blah 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 you know i can't say the word on here i'm trying to keep this safe for work when we get to under a morning star though which is eventually going to have to happen because i you know you run out of books at some point when we get to under a morning star it's just the show's going to be explicit i guess i'm going to try to still keep it clean that way if you really are offended or you're at work you can you know just jump over the story and just go straight to the review segment at the end which is still going to be safe for work but i can't do anything about that anyway we're approaching 40 minutes right now that's really long so Thanks for listening. I will see you in a moment after we get through this lovely story. The next chapter of A Guest Ghostwriter. I'll see you in a moment. Goodbye for now. Eleven. I woke up the next day and knew the only way to get rid of it was to take it back to that crazy old man at the library. He's the one who gave it to me. He had to take it back. I picked it up, put it in my backpack, and walked out of the house. About thirty minutes later, I arrived at the library, hauling the typewriter and bag over my shoulder, and walked up to the front doors. The bell rang as I came in. Emily was gone. At the reception desk was her mother, the old hag Mrs. Vernston. She gave me a stare, then went back to doing her paperwork, logging a stack of returns. With her here, it would have been impossible to get into the restricted section. I couldn't just walk up and ask about returning it. Hell, even if Emily was in, I doubt that would work. Without standing around any longer to make that bat think I was up to something, I went into the back and hefted my bag onto one of the tables. That typewriter was heavy and made the strap dug into my shoulder. I sat down and took out one of my mini blank overdue homework and put it in front of me so I'd look busy. I looked at the door to the restricted section, and it was closed and probably locked. Now, what was I supposed to do? I bet the old man probably wasn't even in today. Come to think of it, aside from the occasional city workers, I had never seen anyone who worked here apart from Mrs. Vernston and her daughter. Maybe that guy was a city worker too? But why would he need to go back into the restricted section? None of it made sense. I sat there for a while, scribbling down notes from my notebook onto a notepad, trying to pass the time. An hour went by, nothing. Two hours, nothing. Three, four. The clock kept ticking, but the man never showed up. I got up and walked up to the front of the library. I figured I had nothing to lose. The worst I was going to get was a bad attitude from Mrs. Vernston. Hey, I said, standing at the counter. Mrs. Vernston stopped writing on her notepad and sighed. She slowly looked up and her eyes narrowed. Yes, she said in a strained tone. That restricted area back there. There was a guy in there about a week ago. Do you know where he is? I asked. A guy? Do you mean a man? She was a stickler for grammar and language. I had no idea why she cared so much. She worked with books, but she never wrote one. The old bag reminded me of an English teacher I had back in middle school. 
Miss Hurst. She was a total shrew. If anyone said, yeah, instead of yes, she would throw a temper tantrum. If there was an actual grammar Nazi, Miss Hurst was it. Yeah. Yeah, she said, swiveling her head back and forth, giving me the evil eye. Look, do you know when the man will be in? I don't know who you're talking about. I'd prefer that you not get an attitude about it, she snapped back. I felt a wash of anger come over me, but I kept it under control. I couldn't stand when old folks talked down to me like that. When does Emily come in again? I asked. I don't know. Why? She asked. Because she was here when that man was here last time. I'll call her. Stay right here. She turned and walked back toward her office behind the desk and to the left. She stared at me with that evil eye again, picked up her landline, and dialed the number. I tried to listen in on the call, but she slammed the door behind her when I got closer. I shrugged and walked to the fantasy section. Andy loved this stuff, and even now I couldn't understand why. I saw the big book he had shown me the last time we came here together. Knights of Honor. I took it from the shelf and looked at the cover running my fingers across it. The cover showed several heavily armored knights fighting a black dragon in a destroyed town. Though I hated this stuff, it did look cool. Hey, take a look at this. I heard Andy's voice in my head, holding up the book. My eyes watered up a bit as I realized I'd never see him again. I put the book back, and my eyes caught a book at the end of the row. I walked over and took it out. Hell's heart blood and darkness. The imagery was disturbing. Bodies stitched together and nailed to a wall with people chanting inside a circle. Why was this in the fantasy section? Did someone put this back themselves by mistake? My daughter doesn't recall seeing anyone go into the restricted section, Mrs. Vernston said in a loud, sharp tone. I looked up at her. Those cold, icy eyes were staring me down. She was an intimidating old bat, for sure. I didn't have the patience to argue with her, especially considering she'd just throw me out. Okay, I'm sorry. I must have been mistaken then. Thanks for checking, though, I said as calmly and politely as I could muster. She scowled and nodded at me, sitting back down at her desk to resume her work. I took the book back to the tables in the back. I sat down and cracked the thing open, reading it. Each page of the text had an accompanying image depicting what was described. My eyes widened as I kept reading. Slaw... Scavengers of the Underworld? Lost souls that are thought to be summoned by necromancers in 11th century BCE? No, not that, I muttered to myself. Ravelim, a cult that believes in the god of chaos. No, alchemy... The study of transmuting precious metals and making elixirs? This isn't getting me anywhere, I said, dropping the book on the table. Mrs. Vernston glared back at me and held that evil eye for a good five seconds. I didn't know what her deal was. Nobody else was in here with us. If she hated working with the public so much, she should have quit. I'm sure she had some kind of retirement fund her husband left her or something. Anything would be better than being cooped up in here yelling at patrons. Maybe she got satisfaction out of it. Maybe, just maybe, she liked being a dried-up shrew. Some people are just like that, and you can't explain it. 
Her daughter wasn't much better. She was a stuck-up book snob, who was just ornery because no one ever asked her out. My phone buzzed in my pocket. It was Sam. Yeah? I answered. Take it outside! Bernstein yelled. Hold on a second, I said. This is a library. Why don't you shut up? You're making more noise than me, you old hag. What was that? Bernstein yelled back. I stormed out of the library and down the street while Miss Bernstein ran behind me, yelling. I wasn't paying attention, and after I got out of the front door, she stopped and screamed, Don't you ever come back here! I kept walking until I got across the street in the parking lot and leaned against a building's brick wall. Yeah, sorry. At the library reading up on something. What's going on? I asked. It's done, Samantha said in a shaky tone. What's done? Crystal. What? She's gone. What do you mean, gone? She's gone. She will never get in between us ever again. Don't worry, my love. She didn't deserve you. Wait, what did you do? I, uh, I gotta go. I'll meet you in a half hour at the park, okay? No, not tonight. I have band practice. Look. Click. The phone hung up. Great. Just fantastic, I said, kicking dirt and walking off. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's review of Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale of the Dark Dragon. I was actually originally going to skip over this episode because I remembered it roughly, but I didn't think it was all that great of an episode. And you know how it is when you get run into an episode that's really not that great or not that interesting. I kind of speed through it or, you know, try to, you know, combine more than one episode into a review, you know, so you can get more than... Your usual episode when I pick out something that's really bad or really great. I have one, two, three, four, five pages of notes that I have to go through for this review. You know what happens when an episode has five pages of notes. You know exactly what that means. But why do I have five pages of notes? Let's get into what happened in this episode. So we open with a guy named Keith Saunders, and he's sitting in a library, and he hands the librarian a little bag of chocolate-covered blueberries. And she's so happy and smiling at him, and she asks him if he's going to go to the homecoming dance coming up. And he says no, because he's not much of a dancer. It turns out that Keith actually was in a car accident a couple years ago that left him with a limp, so he has trouble getting around. Poor guy. So he runs into a girl who, for my money, is nowhere near as pretty as the librarian. And it's going to kind of bug me through this episode that this is the girl who causes the most conflict in this episode. But anyway, he asked her out and he already knows that she has a boyfriend. So what he does is he asks her in the most just wrong way to ask a woman out by saying, well, if he doesn't show up to the dance, can I fill in? Basically, if your boyfriend doesn't want you anymore, can I be your boyfriend? We're going to get into that at the end of the episode, if you're not already cringing, but that's just ugh, problems ahead. Let's put it that way. That's not how dating works. Please don't try that at home. So the library girl looks a little bit disappointed because obviously she likes this guy, and I don't really know what her name is. I can't remember if they even tell us 
And I don't think they really tell us what the blonde girl's name is either. I think it was like Shelly or something. That's what we'll call her. We'll call the librarian girl Mary because of Harvest Moon. So Mary looks a bit disappointed because obviously she likes him. And we cut to Keith sitting in a restaurant by himself drinking what looks like soda, but it could be coffee. I don't really know. And Shelly shows up and knocks on the glass and waves at him. Well, he waves back. She comes in and then immediately after going to talk to him her boyfriend shows up and she ditches him so ditches keith not the boyfriend and this is the lesson folks already we're at a lesson in this episode because very few episodes have lessons but this one has a lot of them if a woman is taken has a boyfriend has a husband has even whatever just you know she is with somebody in any way shape or form romantically i don't care what she says don't try because if she wants you, she will be with you, not him. There are women like this one in this episode, which we will get into why these women are just bad people that will try to basically have two men at once and it's just wrong. And you'll see why at the end of the episode, of course, because they actually do have a little bit of resolution, but we'll get to that when we get to that. If she wants you, she'll be with you. If there's any hesitation or that she makes you wait or that she has some excuse, move don't stay don't hope for the best don't hope that she eventually leaves him and comes to you because even if she did it's not worth it man it's not worth it so keith opens a magazine to an advertisement for sardo's magic shop saying that sardo can make him more confident and then we cut to sardo's shop where he calls him mr sourdough i mean really sourdough how did you get s-a-r-d-o to sound like Sar sourdough so sardo comes out with his usual sardo no, Mr. Accent on the Dough. I don't know. I think that's how he talks. Or talks like Stewie Griffin, I guess. But whatever voice that was. So he comes out, does his whole little routine of, you know, grabbing a potion, saying it's from something ancient and whatever. And then he says 40 bucks, then 35 and settles for 20. And I kind of wonder how much he really pays for these items. Because he seems always really desperate to discount them. And they're not tested either. I'm kind of surprised that Sardo hasn't been sued out of business at this point, especially after the, you know, the super specs. Also, do the cops never check Sardo's shop? I mean, he gave a black kid cocaine in season one, and now he's giving this kid LSD or whatever it's going to end up being. I don't know what drug this is supposed to be. I'm going to guess it's going to be a mix between cocaine and LSD. But anyway, Keith, for some reason, gives a drop to the little bunny rabbit in the cage. And I'm going to hate him more enough for that. But I don't, I don't end up hating him. I don't. But he gives a little drop to the bunny. The bunny takes it. And then the bunny turns into like a gremlin monster and like scares Sardo. And he screams like a little girl. And it's really funny. But that happens. So we know the potion's bad. So he goes home. He takes the potion. And he turns into a guy named KC, which he claims is Keith's cousin. Which, that's why he's called KC, I guess. I didn't catch that when I was watching it, but I guess so. Keith's cousin, KC, yeah. Okay. Clever. Clever. I, I didn't catch that at first, actually. So, even though he looks exactly like he did before, but his hair is done, and now he has a leather jacket, he really looks like those, the tunnel snakes from Fallout 3. And he kind of also looks like Benny from New Vegas. Like, you know, he has like the dapper haircut and the suit and all of that stuff. But in this one, he had a leather jacket. So he's kind of like a tunnel snake from Fallout 3, if you know what I mean. 
Anyway, the potion is supposed to bring him confidence, but not a whole person as far as I know, but he turns into a new person named KC. And all the girls think he's really dreamy all of a sudden. There's another lesson. Women like confidence. At least the vapid ones in this episode do. That's just a lot. I think all women like confidence, but they tried to act like the library girl didn't see anything in confidence either. That she was just altruistic and perfect. So I might, oh God, I might actually drop the writing a little bit, but no, 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 no. Let's keep going. So now Mary thinks that he's acting like a different person and it bugs her. But he plays it off. Fast forward to that night, Keith notices that he's getting a nasty rash on his hand and chest. The girl he likes calls and asks if he can come over. KC, not Keith. Even though they're basically the same person, it's just, there really isn't a difference. Just one dresses differently. That's it. Budgetary reasons, I'm sure. No, it's a lie. It was laziness. So he takes another shot of the potion anyway after hearing this and ignores the fact that his skin and face are getting really scaly and nasty looking. And also apparently his intellect is going, even though we don't hear about that anymore at all in the entire episode, because he apparently failed a geometry test. So I guess plot hole, does that ever come back? No, so it's fine. So Casey slash Keith, we'll just say Keith for the rest of the episode, or Casey, it doesn't really matter. We'll say Casey because it's easier. Casey goes to the girl's house and I just realized that she's still with her boyfriend, but she's also seeing KC behind the boyfriend's back. She's a hoe. She is a hoe. This episode just went up five points, by the way, and I'll explain why in the sort of wrap up, but she kisses Casey goodnight after she says yes to go into the dance with them while she has a boyfriend. So Casey wakes up in the morning, looks in the mirror, turns out he's turning into a werewolf vampire hybrid thing because he's really hairy, but he also has vampire teeth. So it's not like werewolf teeth. It's like he has regular teeth, but the vampire fangs. So it's, I guess that's supposed to be the dragon or something. I'm not exactly sure. It's more vampire than werewolf, but anyway, so he goes to Sardo and Sardo says he's never sold the potion to anyone before, but he doesn't know how to fix it because the only thing the book that he has, which is a manual on all these potions apparently, says that you must face the dark dragon within. Keith eventually turns into a monster and the library girl breaks into his house and tells him that she wants to help him, but he refuses. After that, he goes to the school and then takes the potion again in his locker, I guess for plot reasons, instead of taking it at the house. It's not like it wore off at any point before, but he takes the potion, turns back into the, you know, handsome version where basically now he literally looks like Benny from Fallout New Vegas because he has a real dapper suit on. And I wish I was joking, but it is kind of ridiculous. Seeing the leather jackets and blue jeans and the dapper 1950s haircut trying to look like Fonzie, that wouldn't look good in the 90s. It just wouldn't. Nobody looked like that back then. That's more of a 50s thing, and so is having a suit like that. That's another 50s thing. I guess the writer didn't know what cool kids look like in the 90s. Then come to think of it, I don't know what they look like either, because I was a baby when this episode came out. Maybe they were right. I doubt it was a suit, though. I doubt suits were cool back then. Anyway, so Mary sees him transform, and then he goes off to the dance. She goes, breaks into his locker, and takes the entire vial and drinks the entire thing, when it's supposed to be just one drop. Shelly's boyfriend wins some award. I guess it's the homecoming dance. They didn't ever say if it was a homecoming dance or not. I don't know if they have those in Canada, but... Either way, he wins an award and says that all he wants is to dance with Shelly. She agrees and she leaves Casey high and dry because guess what? That's what hoes do. They have no loyalty. A woman that is going to be seeing you 
behind her man's back is not going to be loyal to you even if she leaves the man and gets with you there will be another guy behind your back at some point probably i'm not gonna say why i know that but if you read k is away you will know exactly why i'm saying this just read the last 50 pages of the book you'll see what i mean actually that was completely different you know k just that was such a messy situation that was a real life thing too i could literally turn that into its own are you afraid of the dark sort of story of just having a girl that makes up a boyfriend to keep a fake boyfriend around uh, whatever k was a nutcase anyway library girl shows up well we call her mary mary shows up and she is hot now all they really did was made her hair a little bit bigger and took her glasses off they dance for a bit and she gets really sick and they run off and she starts shape-shifting into the monster vampire sort of hybrid thing and then he embraces her telling her that she's not supposed to turn into a monster like him she gets weak and he says please don't go and a single tear hits her shoulder she turns back to normal and he goes back to being keith again they embrace fall in love and go back to the dance at the end i love this ending and i know it sounds generic when i say it out loud but the acting the delivery of the lines the atmosphere the build-up all of this was done so well that it almost made me tear up i mean it was so beautifully said just the acting was so spot on it made me feel bad it made me feel bad and it still makes me feel kind of bad because it reminds me of bad memories but they really were fantastic all right final rating 9.5 out of 10 with an asterisk is what i'm going to give this one because it could really kind of go up or down depending on how you feel about the points that i'm about to make you know it can't be a 10 for a few reasons really but let's just get into my overall feelings for the episode itself i love the message you're trying to convey it's not perfect but on a story and execution level it's a 10 it is just perfect the acting is perfect there's absolutely nothing wrong with the script or the acting or anything this is great this is twilight zone level stuff the story is great the pacing is great it's a great episode all around there's no real issues with the structure or the script none of that there are a few small things on the production side that keeps it from being like super god tier like the 13th floor one is the fact that it's just not scary and the 13th floor wasn't scary but it did have an actually pretty scary ending honestly and that's fine because it's very twilight zone-ish and i'm a huge huge fan of the original twilight zone it's probably my favorite show of all time along with alfred hitchcock presents which came out five years before the original twilight zone but it's basically the same show but alfred hitchcock you know wrote and directed it as far as i know so those two series really did bleed a lot into my writing and or your friend of the darks writing so they almost like swap dna a lot and the thing is are you afraid of the dark i feel like is a bad title for this because most of the episodes aren't really scary and not even trying to go for scary anyway they just really come off as like twilight zone-ish because the twilight zone had really dark and creepy episodes too of its own you know it had amazing dialogue and everything you really need to check out the twilight zone the original even though it's black and white it is a masterpiece of anthology fiction it's so good and there are so many shows that you watch now that are like the you know the one-off shows like the one-off episodes like uh, black mirror and stuff like that which just worship the twilight zone and this episode really does too so i'm gonna give it a pass because of the horror part is just it's not scary but we have kind of a little bit of a zebo problem here where they had a great makeup job for the guy 
but they didn't show it very long and they didn't do much with the makeup either it's not like i don't know what they could have done with it let's just skip that idea that's just, it's fine they didn't show the makeup that long but it wasn't a mask i don't think i think it was actual no i think it was a mask either way it was really terrifying looking it kind of looked like a werewolf as his final sort of form but anyway the big issue with this episode is twofold one is that keith and the library girl don't have different actresses and actors playing their parts when you look at something like jekyll and hyde or the nutty professor let's just go with nutty professor because that's more recent and the nutty professor eddie murphy played both sherman clump and buddy love was that what his name was i think it was buddy love in the movie sherman clump was fat he was you know nice and harmless but he was fat and ugly and you know not very confident and everything and buddy love was just eddie murphy being eddie murphy so there are two different looks entirely like they look like two completely different people even though they're played by you know eddie murphy they didn't go with that they basically made keith look exactly like kc his you know quote-unquote cousin and the problem with this is they try to play it off like nobody recognizes him like they've gone to school for years with this guy and somehow he just does his hair a little bit different and puts on a leather jacket and he's a completely different person like I don't get it and they did the same exact thing with the librarian girl well she looks a, a good amount different because they did her hair different took the glasses off you know did this sort of she's all that thing is that what it was called whatever the one is where they took the girl that you know was apparently ugly and they made her beautiful and all that it was some teen movie back in the early 2000s my sister would know but anyway so they did that with her and it looks great the only other real complaint is atmosphere this episode has almost no atmosphere at all it's very dry plain you know there's no haziness to any other shots it's very dry and just flat out kind of boring you know from a photography standard it just doesn't impress you know it's just kind of bland you know and just it's one of those things you have to see it to understand because when you go from something like the 13th floor which is absolutely gorgeous and ridiculously amazing how they made this set come together where it's just you know they, you know they spent a whole lot of money on the 13th floor episode and then you come back to this and it's just kind of generic i mean really that, that's what i'm getting at it's generic but it doesn't need to be insane or you know insane looking or you know fancy looking or expensive but it could have used a little bit more frosting on the lens i guess is what you would call it but i have to look past all of that because the story itself is just wonderful i absolutely love the story and i'm completely shocked at how well it was done <coughs> now i have a few notes that i want to make that i picked up from this that are actually useful lessons that you may have not picked up if you watched this episode number one is you should never change yourself to make someone love you back because it's not who you are and this lying is manipulative it's wrong okay just be you and if they can't handle you just find someone else i know it hurts and it depresses me when i think back to some of my relationships in the past where you know i feel like i wasn't good enough for those people and maybe i wasn't maybe i was too good maybe it was who knows but the fact is they weren't buying what i was selling that's all it is and that stings a lot but that is something you have to do because if you change yourself or try to be someone you're not to attract someone that you want you know they're gonna love the character but not you so you you can't do that ever you know no matter what age you are 
you know, sort of like a take me as I am thing. And I have a friend that I've been talking to recently that actually dealt with this exact problem. And I know this is getting dark, but she's a very sweet woman. And she got mixed up into a really bad situation because there was a guy that she had feelings for that basically tried to sell her the moon and the stars. He was going to do X, Y, Z and make her happy. And he was rich and famous and all of this nonsense. And it turned out to be all not true. And he lured her from across the country like 3,000 miles away she ran away from her family to get with him and then just turned out to all be bs it was just all a lie to try to get her over here and that's just wrong you know he has a dark dragon within him that he will never get away from because that's just how he is he has been taken over by that evil within i guess you'd say but number two if she has a boyfriend and they cheat on you they will cheat on you later meaning that if you have a girl that you like and she gives you special attention she kisses you flirts with you hangs out with you away from her boyfriend all of that stuff in a romantic sense not saying you can't be friends with a woman that has a boyfriend but you know she's giving you that sort of boyfriendish attention while she has one that's cheating it just is and if she cheats on her boyfriend she will cheat on you and they basically made the blonde girl a villain more or less because he took the potion trying to woo her instead of the librarian that wanted him which that goes into a completely different issue right there of we want what we can't have he can have the librarian girl but he doesn't want her until he thinks he's gonna lose her forever you know when she starts turning to a dragon the last lesson is is that often in our lives villains don't get their comeuppance the blonde girl just goes off with her boyfriend and leaves casey high and dry or keith whatever leaves him high and dry and nothing bad happens to her and god this feels familiar to my real life it really does and it's just depressing thinking about that but that's what happens a lot of bad people in your life will move on from hurting you and never feel a thing you know it's just how some things are but you gotta deal with it because you learn from that you learn that there are bad people in this world and that's just how it is and i pray that you don't run into your own k or others that i've been with but mainly k i hope you don't run into your own k but honestly i really do want to write a book that takes this sort of concept that really heavy sort of concept of high school love and all of that and write my own dark dragon one of these days i don't know if i will but ghostwriter did pretty well commercially and i might actually do it so we'll see what happens with that overall there's a lot to love here even with the tiniest of gripes, I'm going to put it in the God tier. It is a 9.5 out of 10. And I'm going to also move the Captured Souls from an 8 to a 9.5 out of 10 as well. Maybe both 9s. Either way, they're in the 9 area, basically. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Please go follow me on Twitter at TerraTracks, Terror underscore Tracks. And check out the shop, TerraTracks.com slash shop. And please like, subscribe, share with a friend. All of that fun stuff that you do to help support the show we've been having pretty decent growth and you know i can tell that people are really sharing the episodes and you know i really i don't want this to turn into a kid's show because i know that my audience is very young i want it to be kind of for all ages but listen don't take things so seriously no matter what age you are because while it hurts now you know like like he was hurting it gets better and don't change yourself with others because it's just not worth it that's not who you are so i'll see you next week i hope you have a wonderful week god bless you all i'll see you next week 9 p.m est same place same time good night thanks for listening if you would like to follow us on social media 
please go to terrortracks.com slash follow. Join our brand new Discord server at terrortracks.com slash Discord and make sure to check out our Wattpad, where you can find all of Jack's books for free along with the exclusives you can't find anywhere else. Last but not least, please share this episode on social media if you enjoyed it and leave a rating if you can. Thanks. See you next week.